We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting there. Super hyped about it. Okay. Colonization is on that way. Interesting. Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. It's the 1st of February and I don't even know how this entire month has gone already. First month of 2021. But it's the 1st of February 2021 and I'm Flo. And I'm Sam. Um, and today we have another guest. This is one of my friends. I Friends? Yeah, we, I can count us as being friends now because um, to, <laughs> to the listeners, um, this is our guest today is Kelvin. He's actually the boyfriend of one of my my Austin friends. Um, mm-hmm. Kelvin, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, guys. I'm uh, Kelvin. Uh, good to be on the channel. Thanks for having me on this podcast, Sam and Flo. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yep. So today um, we were thinking of talk talking about job uh, job satisfaction and happiness so why i wanted to talk about this topic is because i briefly mentioned it last week um it was on the same podcast uh it, the podcast is called no stupid questions it's by this guy called um stephen dubner who is a co-author of uh, a freakonomics book series and also and uh research psychologist angela duckworth She's the author of Grit, if you guys have heard of it. Um, and this on this episode that I'm specifically talking about, it's episode 31. It's um, how much do your friends affect your future, which we touched on that last week. But also on this episode, they touched on a, another topic, which is uh, job, jobs and happiness. So how your, jobs, your job can affect your happiness or the other way around. So um, they talk about this stud- they they talk about the study done in two thousand seven in just the US. So the conversation ahead will just be up around the US, but I think Australia is very have a similar po- population to the US, uh, arguably maybe spread type thing. Sorry, are you talking about like a demographic spread? Yeah, dem- demographic type thing. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. first world country, westernized, that's probably yeah. about it. But in terms of like systems and stuff yeah. like that, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a look at this we'll list. Talk, we'll talk about that. But yeah, um, they basically have, did a massive study and have a list of um, the top occupations and how satisfied people are with um, their jobs. And also another list with the top occupations versus how happy they are. Mm. So the top three in the list is actually clergy, physical therapists, and firefighters. They're the most happiest, they're the happiest jobs in the US. What do you guys think? You mean about? like the highest job satisfaction? Yeah. Well, oh. yes. The okay. people who are clergy, physical therapists, and firefighters, they're the most satisfied with their jobs. But they're also, this is just clergy and firefighters, they're the, the happiest people. Wow. So, Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> should, should we go and start having a look at how we how we should have a look at clergy and firefighting as a job description? <laughs> but I well, think, um, yeah. No, go go go. Clergy and firefighters. I think the the standout commonality there it's like helping people. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's probably the thing that stands out the most just initially. Um, physical therapy, firefighters, clergy. Yeah. It's about all very human centered roles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, definitely um, helping out the community, very altruistic sort of roles, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like giving back to the community, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think human beings, we're, we're very naturally social creatures as well. And I guess in these sorts of roles, like if you think about the clergy or physiotherapists, you know, you're interacting on a very personal level. And mm-hmm. I guess from a firefighter, a firefighter's perspective, you know, they often are expected to do a lot of community work as well, uh, mm. to be very integrated in the community that they serve. Mm. So it could be one of those things that, you know, brings happiness to people. And yeah. definitely for, I don't know for you guys, but social interaction for me is really key mm. in the job that I do as well. So mm. to me, happiness. These, <laughs> these jobs also have something to do in a sense that can save or like improve someone's life significantly in a sense so mm-hmm. like clergy it's all about spiritual health and uh, mental health and mm-hmm. physical therapists is you know your physical health you know if you if you've been injured or something's not quite working right and you need to get back into peak form and then firefighters obviously you know saving a life from mm-hmm. life-threatening dangers <laughs> so like ignoring like Obviously, the top three are very significant. I'm going down the list because this study has um, up to just one to 12. Mm-hmm. The fourth is education administrators. That kind of fits into our, um, our profile, our profile, I guess, helping mm-hmm. other people. But the mm-hmm. fifth one, the, the, well, we'll skip the fifth one for now. The sixth one, the teacher, very uh-huh. similar. Eight, psychologist, very um, similar as well. Ninth, special education teachers very similar mm-hmm. as well but what surprises me is five seven which is a uh, paint painters sculptors and or real related related i'm assuming is like some type of artist seven mm-hmm. is authors which can be um categorized under very um, a creative bucket as well mm-hmm. so what do you why guys were think you surprised that? about it though what what part of it it makes you actually surprising? Mm, I guess not surprised. Um, you know what we should have done in the beginning. What we should have guessed what would be the top jobs that we thought true, would have true. the best job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But I well, guess I can see like your your point: painter, sculptors, and relators, and authors Mm -hmm. they very much are very very creative they have their their creators in in a sense and Mm -hmm. plus as well they work on a very very different schedule Mm -hmm. um actually probably it's much their own schedule schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also having that control over their life in a sense Mm -hmm. is very very different um comparatively to the other jobs in the listing yeah my first thought when i saw like these artists it's Mm -hmm. like why they were up there is maybe because like a lot of people like um they want to be creative and but they can't really make a living out of it because create it's hard to make a living out of create creative stuff like uh songwriting or or art photography mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. so the people who are make who are making money from from that 
probably are really happy because they're, they're doing what they are doing what they love and they're making a living out of it. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think to Flo's point and, and your point as well, Sam, you talk mm -hmm. about that creativity and, you know, doing, I guess if I paraphrase, you know, pursuing life's passion. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and if we look at the Maslow hierarchies of need, you know, self-actualization, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. esteem is up the very top, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, becoming uh, how, you know, becoming the most that one can be, um, you know, getting that esteem, that respect and that recognition mm -hmm. as well, especially for clergy and firefighters, you know, very, yeah. very well respected in the community. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, it's also like um, people who like paint and sculpt, I assume like they create art, the artwork that they create is mean something and like have a most of the time have a deeper meaning to than just the raw physical beauty of the art so when people i'm assuming like when people buy the art their feelings and perspectives are kind of validated by society so they know their being is of value does that make mm -hmm. sense <laughs> like a personal expression as well yeah exactly so able to get that out there and it's very individual mm -hmm. um, and celebrated as well yeah so mm -hmm. okay um then uh, let's move on to the the ones that i'm actually really surprised about number mm -hmm. 10 10 11 and 12 are is operating engineers office supervisors and security and financial services salesperson so wait what yeah wow Operating, okay, I think we need some definitions on these. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what operating engineers are. My, when I first saw it, I thought it was like someone who operates a machine of some mm -hmm. sort. Like, I don't know what type of machine, what the machines are used for. Um, yeah. You can probably maybe skip that one. But if you guys have any ideas, you can bring it up. But office uh supervisors. Operating of uh, operating engineers, stationary engineers are the first on a construction job and last off when it involves a commercial or industrial complex. Stationary engineers are the long are there long after the construction is finished, are operating and maintaining the completed facility. Some please summarize. <laughs> From that, I'm kind of like a person who. They can operate heavy equipment, but okay, there's a range of definitions here. Mm. Mm. So maybe someone who operates like an excavator or something. Yeah, heavy mm. machinery. Yeah. I was thinking bit. more in like the manufacturing field, you know, those uh, engineers, highly skilled engineers uh, that go in and tweak the equipment there. Um, that produce like mass produce like a, that mass produce a specific product or something yeah like um i guess professional services people or mm. um you know from an engineering perspective and technology perspective maybe. guys that you know maybe go into uh, probably a bit. manufacturing plant or data center this maybe. definition is probably a bit more well-rounded operating mm. engineers have a variety of duties on construction sites including controlling and driving heavy machinery ensuring safety practices are followed Cleaning and maintaining equipment, using equipment pedals, turning valves and levers, coordinating with crew members. Hmm. See, that's why I'm so surprised. 
That's what I thought it was me. It mean? Yeah, I think in the US context, given this is a uh, US study as well, um, that would be the case. So primarily construction workers. True. Okay, then what what do you guys think of office supervisors? Why do you think they're happy? Obviously, <laughs> I think office supervisors, like a factor is probably the money. They tend to have good a good salary, I'm, I'm guessing. This includes security and financial services salespersons. So I thought it would be office... interesting. Yeah, you go ahead, Calvin. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say it would be interesting to correlate the salary to the, mm. uh, I guess, the job satisfaction as well, mm -hmm. like compensation, um, yep. and job satisfaction. Yeah, this this study doesn't have that, but I'm <laughs> not. I'm assuming clergy clergies do not make a lot of money. This is true. Or, or they do. They do get a lot of donations. So, especially yeah. especially in the US, the a lot of people donate a lot of money. So, mm. Mm. I think for office supervisors, though, I think that, that there's a particular balance about being an office supervisor where you kind of ensure that everything goes smoothly, operational wise, logistic wise for an entire office. So, you kind of get the whole picture of the office. But at the same time, um, I feel like it it's, it's capped to a certain point where. Um, it's very day-to-day, -day, it's very hands-on, making sure everyone can do their job to the best of their abilities within the office, mm -hmm. but it doesn't kind of, like, climb up where you have really, really heavy responsibilities of, um, like, uh, for, for business deals or... Um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that it's, like, it's a senior enough job where you kind of have a very good idea of what's happening, everything, and you mm -hmm. feel the difference and the impact that you have mm. on the employee. Yep. But it's not senior, like for it to be super stressful and you have yep. a lot of responsibility. So it's a good balance. Yeah, it's like it's like you're in the middle. Mm. You can feel the impact they're giving to employees and the people around you, but at the mm. same time, you don't have that pressure of yep. um, like a high stakes. Mm. You have the power, you have yeah. the employees, you have the yeah. money, you have time, you have good, good balance. <laughs> Probably a bit more life, yeah. yeah. But not just enough, uh, enough amount of stress that you're not too stressed out. Mm. Okay. But I, I think the probably the thing there is that you, you can feel the impact you have on people. Mm -hmm. That one is probably it. Um, mm. And then operating, operation engineers, given the definition I read before, it's kind of knowing you, you the job that you do is really, really important because obviously everything in construction, um, there's a lot of pieces and safety practices and mm. that'll affect a lot of people thereafter. And if you don't do your job, then it kind of in this sense endangers someone else's life. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure if they see it that way, like day to day though. Day to day, but I think also the other thing that to make note about operation engineers is that it's very hands on. Mm. I think that's definitely some there's a satisfaction with doing things very hands on comparatively, you know, behind mm. a desk and on a computer 24 7. Yeah, it's like, yeah, fair building something with your hands. <laughs> okay, so okay, how about this? Mm. Um, how satisfied are you guys with your jobs? 
Calvin, you can go first. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with my job. I think uh, as a I I do account management, so I look mm -hmm. after uh, a bunch of accounts uh, in a particular uh, set of businesses that mm -hmm. buy our services, a uh, technology mm -hmm. company. So mm -hmm. a lot of the job requires me to, you know, talk to customers, uh, liaise with partners, and I think it's something that suits me as a very extroverted person. Mm -hmm. So. You know, being an extroverted person, I do like and probably I do need that uh, interaction in my job to, I, I guess, feel satisfied. Mm. And also the impact, you know, is important as well. So for uh, for me, it would be, you know, seeing customers uh, do really well uh, using our technology and, and, you know, supporting a lot of their critical business apps. And that that's sort of, uh, you know, what we do. So mm. um, from a day to day, it's very rewarding and I think uh, very unique uh, day to day as well. Mm. Mm. For myself, you, I think I can, I can pull from what you mentioned in terms of like having an impact that definitely helps drive um, a lot of my efforts that go into work. Like currently I'm running a, a project where it would have a, quite a big impact on my team globally. So that gives me a lot of satisfaction and also motivation to make sure that, you know, I really want to do, obviously you do a good job in everything that you do, but, you know, just to take that little bit extra of a step to ensure that it is a success because, you know, you knowing that you'll play a part in impacting someone's day-to-day -day life, I think for me personally, it just drives me a little bit better. So, yeah, mm. so in terms of job satisfaction, that a lot of that comes from knowing that it'll impact a lot of people around me yeah you know, so like, i agree with both of you but mm -hmm. what i a bit a struggle a bit with is because all of our roles are very they, they help people definitely but help people indirectly so i That's can't true. see the end the end user be be like wow this is so this is so cool my life is my life is so much better now wow <laughs> because of kelvin because he sold me this product <laughs> i am so much happier I, I don't that the stuff yes. we do it doesn't do, do that for me that so. depends yeah on how you perceive it as well i think for my particular project that i'm running at the moment um it does have quite a big impact mm -hmm. on my team globally because it's an mm -hmm. employee an employee tool so mm -hmm. if basically the way i see it if if i don't stand this up and if i don't build this for <laughs> for mm -hmm. the employees they're going to struggle very very hard <laughs> without it yeah. so there is an impact so i definitely can feel that um but I, I get what you mean i think in a lot of um corporate jobs it jobs and things like that mm -hmm. you know it's you're selling or you're providing a service that kind of makes your life easier in a sense rather than you know change your life and I think that comes with the idea of you know you want to make sure you have a lifelong impact or um mm. yeah I guess the reasons that I gave were like the altruistic reason I'm um, impacting others yeah. and having that uh, impact at work but I think for me personally one of the things that really drives me is the amount of learning that I actually get to do mm. on the job. 
So I think yeah. it's a role that is really challenging. And for me, you know, um, there are a lot of other more, I guess, experienced people out there that I interact with on a day-to-day and being able to learn from them as well. That mentorship uh, makes me very satisfied with uh, the, the job that I'm at. I think yeah. without yeah. that continued learning, I would I would struggle to find that satisfaction mm. and without being constantly challenged and you know, put outside my comfort zone. <laughs> That's sort of oh. uh, another perspective that I, I sort of um, thought about just then. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that as well in terms of being challenged, uh, the different types of hats that you wear and yeah. different levels of responsibilities as well. Um, yeah. I think definitely the learning aspect is very, very important. And I think for me, I'm currently going through a very hands-on learning experience, whereas you know, a lot of people will go through more of a training experience. So yeah. Yeah, definitely just being challenged. But also I think for me, it's the ability that I have to work with lots of people from all different facets of my business, but mm-hmm. as well internationally. So mm-hmm. learning about different cultures, um and nuances about certain countries and things like that uh, i think they've been very interesting mm. but surprisingly i i totally agree with both of you like learning is a big factor for me as well in terms of um job satisfaction but that doesn't that as a factor doesn't pop uh, spring out to me when i look at the top 12 um occupations in the list like clergy is there much learning? Maybe, I don't know, maybe, okay, maybe a different type of learning, like a more spiritual type of learning, mm-hmm, spiritual mm-hmm. growth. But Growth, yeah. Physical therapists, firefighters, education administrators, psychologists, operating engineers, I'm not sure how much, what type of learning they are getting. In a different way. I think mm. definitely looking at the list, it's, it's the people aspect, so the people impact, and then potentially if you want to kind of simplify it even more, it's um, how stimulated these people feel by their jobs in a sense, and like on a day-to-day basis. So spiritually stimulated or um, like mentally stimulated, like firefighters obviously go through a lot more of a, like a strenuous kind of day or that depends on their day-to-day, of course. I don't know whether they're putting fires out every every single day. Mm-hmm. But it's like a high-stress situation and that itself is like there's a balance. Um, with painters, the, the creative field, I think you can get stimulated creatively yeah, when I, you're I, on a roll. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I think definitely you can see that. Teachers have an impact on the younger generation, so it's definitely that impartment of um, mm. ed- knowledge and education and to the next generation. Psychologists, I think they, they have a lot on their plate, <laughs> <laughs> trying to understand and help everyone with their own problems. Um, and same thing with the others, is whether they're stimulated enough for... Mm on a day-to-day basis to be continuously satisfied. Because in a sense, I think most humans in the end will get bored mm. or they'll look mm. to other sources of stimulation, so other hobbies, um, or they'll 
find other things to escape in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like just different forms of stimulation. Definitely. So I guess from this list, you know, the common themes really are, you know, service, I think, and mm-hmm. also passion. So mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned like helping people, um, you know, doing very important functions in society and supporting, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's the healing of people, where whether it's guiding someone on their spiritual journey or actually protecting people from, you know, physical danger like mm-hmm. firefighters. And, you know, to painters where they're, and authors where they're synthesizing, they're creating something, you know, they're at the forefront of creating something very new in the world. Mm. And I think that self-actualization, you know, it leads to that passion, right? And I guess being mm. caught up in the moment, I think, Flo, you mentioned something like mm. that earlier as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about in general happiness? Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So one of the questions that has been running through my mind is mm-hmm. the difference between job satisfaction and happiness. And I, I think, Sam, mm-hmm. you, you I have touched on it before as well, but the, uh, what, what do you guys think the difference is between those two? And how do you guys see job, it differently? Job happiness can contribute to your gen, or does contribute to your general happiness because it takes up a, a percentage of your time. A big percentage of your time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on how you whether you perceive it as a job or not. That's the other question. <laughs> yeah, they actually touched on this um, in the podcast. They, mm-hmm. um, he, she, uh, one of the podcasters. Is that what they call podcast? <laughs> yes, podcast host. Where we are. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, anyways, um, they quoted some some person. I'm not sure who. I can't remember. But essentially, this person said. Um, there's three ways to look at your job. You either see, um, look at it, um, look at it as a job, or a career, or a calling. And the higher you go, the the happier you are with your job and also your life. Mm. Mm. So I think that that three step or three mm-hmm. stage. So what is it? It's job, career, job, career, calling. calling. Yep. You can see the um, the range from how much control you have or a personal control in the sense mm. so like from your job it's more so it's more you normally dictated it. by oh. someone else mm-hmm. your career is you taking like control and power of your direction of your life mm-hmm. and then your calling is what you've accepted as what you want to do with the rest of your life and your life purpose mm-hmm. so it becomes a lot mm-hmm. more individual and personal I, I'm not sure about you guys, but I actually don't believe in a calling. What do you guys think? You guys believe in it? Interesting. What, do you what have makes a calling, you... Kelvin? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, how do you guys define a calling? Mm. I think what people think of a calling is like the... Their life passion, they got to try everything. Then eventually they'll stumble on this one thing that can make money and they love doing and they make, make, make them wake up in, in the morning and they just do that for the rest of their life and they'll be happy forever. I don't believe in that. Mm. Not that. Not that you can't be happy, but there's no, I'm just saying there's not that one. If you keep looking for a calling, you, you won't find it. Is kind of what I mean. Interesting. 
think, well, I guess. I guess for me, in my very short 25 years uh, <laughs> of life, uh, I probably haven't found my calling. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I think uh, career in IT is wonderful, and you know, it, it, it's very good compensation, and you know, you you meet lots of very interesting, intelligent people, and you know, at the cut, mm -hmm. cutting edge of a sunrise industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think that would be a calling. I, when when people say calling. Uh, to me, it refers to a higher purpose, you know, mm. serving something that is, well, I, I think it should be something that is greater than yourself, right? Mm. Um, like That's where the altruism comes in, right? That comes in uh, to my mind. I'm, I'm thinking about Bill Gates and I think about all the magnificent work that he did as CEO of Microsoft, um, as the uh, developer of that Microsoft software. But I think mm. if you look at his legacy and his impact in the world, you know, I, I, I think uh, his work on uh, eradicating you know, pandemics and eradicating uh, viruses like, mm. you know, uh, um, malaria, Polio, that sort of whatever, thing, yeah. and mm. doing uh, his his work in, in healthcare and uh, is a really, really good example of what I would say, you know, he he's probably to do that and if he called that a calling i'd be like well, yep that that seems like okay. you know what he was meant to sort of i do. i would agree <laughs> to the eradicating uh, malaria polio what like the diseases um but do you think it was he saw um himself building microsoft was his calling if you um, i don't think probably so. couldn't speak for Bill yeah, Gates, but yeah, yeah. uh you know another question that pops to mind is are there can a person have multiple callings in life mm, right or at different stages of life right? mm. <laughs> yeah then if someone can have multiple callings then that kind of what's the word like diffuses like um the definition of calling right does it lessen its impact yeah lessen its impact yeah because mm -hmm. then it's just an interest right i'm really interested in this i really want to do it it makes me happy yeah but to call mm. it a calling is a different level like you're born to do that that's yeah like mozart maybe you're he was i guess born to write music perhaps <laughs> hmm i guess you can As say that yes calling has call definitely more of an annotation of um, a significant chunk of your life mm. so i think mm. in the end it'll just be whatever is the most significant thing that's happened or happening in your life thus far. Mm -hmm. So for example, it's not so much you can have multiple callings is that you'll find a bigger calling. That will be mm -hmm. your news quote unquote calling. In a sense. So just taking mm -hmm. on Bill Gates's uh, life experience mm -hmm. thus far, it's potentially like when he obviously being at the cusp of, um, the big, very beginning of the IT revolution, he probably thought like it was his calling to, you know, thrust the uh, modern day society into what it is today, you know, through his innovations, business and everything, his vision for Microsoft that impacts so many businesses today. Mm. Um, mm. But then, you know, after at some point it, it can change just as people's interests change or, Maybe not even just interest change, but 
you are able, you're in a position where you can have a different sort of impact. So obviously, as Bill Gates, you know, he's had run a successful multi-billion dollar company, um, but he also has accumulated a lot of personal wealth in a sense. Mm. Wealth, experience, connections that empowers him to find, to find, I don't know whether to find is the right word even, but uh, to choose another calling. It's It's like, Mm. you know, for the rest of your, like after, let's say post-Microsoft, he wants to dedicate the rest of his life into healthcare. That's his new calling in a sense. But whether he would come to that conclusion 20, 30 years earlier, that's probably enough. I don't think so in a sense. It's also where he's gotten to that state in life. So all in all, what I'm saying is that the calling is a evolving form through your life. And until really you're at the end of it, you can really retrospectively have a look and be like, yep, that was my calling. Uh, oh, the others um, were like smaller ones. It's just like, ah, that was the one. Yeah, something not you yeah. find. It's, you're saying like it's not a calling is not what you find, but what you realize is your calling. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's, there's that aspect in terms of identifying what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of experiencing having a calling, it's really, to me, it's just like a descriptive um, indicator of how strongly you feel about doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. how passionate you are about a particular thing or this um, job, career, or the thing that you do day to day and how it impacts you, like how excited you feel and how invested you want to be in and everything. It's, it's like an epitome of um, mm-hmm. that feeling. So that's why you end up calling, well, oh, this is my calling for mm-hmm. my, my, my purpose in life, really. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about so this? It's a, um, mm-hmm. Yep, go, go, Kelvin. Oh, I was just going to sort of summarize a bit. So it's like a, it's a dynamic uh, sort of journey that you undergo mm. and a yep. passion that you find mm. and at the end of the road, you know, something that you retrospectively look back and, yep. and, you know, sort of pinpoint and say, oh, you know, that was my calling or this whole journey has mm. been, has led me to my calling. Yeah. So no, that so leads just... me to my, oh, okay, go so- one more thing i wanted to say is just it's not necessarily that it has to be like a large social impact kind of calling for mm. some people their calling is to be a parent yeah so mm. a calling can be something um not necessarily like business or saving the entire world or leaving a whole legacy in the sense it can be something as simply as like you know it was my calling to run this particular office for the rest of my life and like help every like every person that comes through that door um, as a life person to to support another person or you know be, be a parent um trying to mm. think about things that actually reminds was- me of this uh documentary like not documentary mm-hmm. but like this short video on youtube um it's from it's actually singaporean kelvin um they interviewed this guy he he's like in his early 20s and his all he wanted in his life was to become a bus driver (laughs) yeah and he became a bus driver and he was talking about his day-to-day and how happy he is to be finally be a bus driver and he was talking about like the intricacies of bus driving and like how you have to be 
how stressful it is sometimes you if there's a traffic jam you have to like be like, go a bit faster or like things like that you know and that to me that he how he spoke of his job it felt like it is his calling so that's what I mean by it's a very personal what gets you excited mm. and happy or motivated and you're very invested in it really. Yeah. So okay, finally I can ask a question. <laughs> anyone, anyone else got anything to say? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so I, I'm gonna ask you guys if you guys mm. have um like of course we've only lived like we're only like twenty 25 quarter of a century through (laughs) have you guys found like something close to a calling that you can call a calling yeah i'll go first (laughs) um i think definitely still very much we're on our way (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I guess what I want to say is more so that I'm not too stressed about it mm-hmm. because in the end, the things that are important to me is, for example, it's like achieving my personal goals um, for myself or how I, um, what makes me happy in terms of, you know, family, friends, uh, things that I do for myself. So... Whether I've have, a, have do I know what my calling is? I have I I think I have an idea. I honestly really? probably don't want. To, yeah, I think I do. You don't want to reveal um, it? No, not really. <laughs> it's still a work in progress. <laughs> Fine. But realistically, uh, the reason why I can say that I can, mm-hmm. I think I found art. Oh, actually, no, I wouldn't say I found the thing. Like it's not like one mm-hmm. thing in a sense, mm-hmm. but I. I'm identifying aspects of what my calling is. So, uh, and I, I think like certain aspects of that is like um, making an impact. Like I definitely feel satisfaction and drive from helping or impacting other people mm-hmm. or making a difference in society and things like that. So in my head, I definitely want, if I, like, you know, choosing your calling, want to make sure that it like, it impacts or improves someone else's life. Mm. Not necessarily like uh, the entire world, but at least like it improves someone else's life. And there's as that long as satisfaction. It gives value. Yeah. Mm. Um, what what other aspects of my calling is there? Uh, there are nuances that I think that are that I particularly enjoy. Like I enjoy business. I enjoy mm-hmm. um, creating something or building something mm-hmm. um, so and also putting things together but as well looking at the bigger picture seeing the holistic vision as well so there's there's a lot of parts that i can see that are going to be um, features or um, characteristics of my calling but what it actually end up being like that's another question and but mm-hmm. i'm not too too fussed about finding that out quite just yet because right now i guess i'm very happy with what i'm doing with mm. myself and my time but you wouldn't call it a calling what i'm doing right now mm. i'd say it it goes towards me find uh, building that skill set it's kind of like how i said it's um to be Go in a position way. where 
I can be in the right place, right time, and right experience level <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to take on whatever the calling is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How about you, Kelvin? You know, it's really interesting, and I think I sort of mentioned it before in my short uh, 25 years, haven't mm-hmm. found calling as such, but I think from this conversation, you know, one mm-hmm. of the, I guess the three things that I think is important in calling um, is the impact. Uh, the yes. impact that you have mm-hmm. um, has to be something that is, I, I think is of a higher purpose, you know, so, something mm-hmm. more than just yourself. And mm-hmm. of course, it's something that you have to be good at, right? And I think that's one yep. of the, I think that, um, you know, very few or, or something very distinct to your skill set, some value yep. that you bring. So something mm-hmm. that you are good at. And I think the third thing is really um, that recognition. So I'm not talking about the external recognition that you get from people recognizing mm-hmm. your calling, uh, although that is that can be important to mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, but certainly that uh, self recognition, you know, the recognizing you know, yourself, you know, you can do intri- it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, intrinsic to yourself, um, that you know that this is it. Mm. And I think that recognition will come after you've recognized that for yourself. And I think that those are sort of the three things that I've you know, picked up from today's conversation. Yep. And of course, it, it is very much a journey, right? <laughs> Sometimes mm. we might stumble across it and think, oh, this is the calling. But actually, it propels you um, to some place that has even more impact, like in the yep. example of Bill Gates, Microsoft. Wow, mm. what can you achieve after that? But then the eradication of disease—that's a, you know, whole other <laughs> level of impact, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And Sam, what do you think? Um, I guess the closest thing, like when I asked myself that question, the closest thing to that is, um, when I was working in uni, um, I forgot the name of my role because it was like it was a startup company, so I like wore many hats, but the official thing I did was hired to do was to interview people and help help them find internships. So I remember oh. um, interviewing this one guy and trying to give him tips on how to do better on interviews. And the, like, he was just so attentive and like taking everything I, I said as like gospel, which was, I, I knew nothing. I was like making making stuff up. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but, so it was very um, empowering. Yeah, it was very empowering for him, and um, to see him smile after like what I said to told him, um, like telling him like he he's good at this because I saw it for myself. You're really good. You're like let's say like you're really a detail oriented person. Like because of this example, I just saw you do, and that made him smile a bit and that made me happy because I made him happy. Yeah. So I definitely agree. Like I think my calling would have to be something along those lines. It definitely has to help, help someone like personally, instead of like the, the masses, like create a technology that helps like people pour exactly one cup of water on the dot or something. I don't care about that, you know? Although that will definitely help people, but I think my calling will definitely be something that will help people personally. 
social mm. impact, yes, individual social recognition, mm. and gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. We all yearn for very similar things. Just how we execute it is very is very different. Hmm. Also, it comes back to that question of like, what makes a person happy? What makes a person mm-hmm. feel fulfilled? Mm. And you know, we're looking at the top occupations uh, in general happiness. So, what gives all of these people? Um, that motivation, happiness, and joy to do their day-to-day life, and how does their job actually impact that? Mm. Or how does their day-to-day life, their choices of how they spend their time, impact that? And I think if there, if since you know, a significant chunk of your allocated time is working or with it, with your job or your career and things mm. like that, then it does really, really make a difference. In yep. terms of how happy one person can be. Yeah. 40 hours of, well, for most people, hopefully it's 40 hours. Pro- <laughs> for you, Flo, probably a bit more right now. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Kelvin, but I hope it's 40 hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, thereabouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, 40 hours spent working. That's what? One week, there's like 168 hours. A third of that is probably sleeping then a third more for your own t- own time so it better be something that you like doing <laughs> because it take like a third of of your life so you know yeah from a job perspective mm-hmm. but i think that's a it's also like a general statement in the fact that you know you have 24 hours in a day mm. how many hours are you sleeping and then of the hours that you are awake what are you doing with your time mm-hmm. and whether it's work whether it's personal social not social it's in the end it's like you know why are you doing these things um and i think it comes back to the the fact that like you know time is the ultimate currency and it's like how you spend that time and whether you're doing things that actually make you happy and feel fulfilled even from a small things perspective yeah i think it really can affect mm-hmm. how one lives their life okay um last question for me because mm-hmm. we're talking on the topic of happiness mm-hmm. and okay before like are you guys happy ish <laughs> yeah i'd say so mm-hmm. kelvin yeah i think uh happiness comes in many forms right <laughs> okay yeah. okay so think... my uh, yep, oh, oh, sorry sorry one more thing is uh, ha- happiness happy yes i think probably a bit more accurate right now it's just like very very stimulated <laughs> mm. so that's your form of happiness one yeah. form at least yeah one of the forms yes mm. so Being very intellectually stimulated yes yes so my question uh is because you guys said you are happy and mm-hmm. to our listeners they're probably like a lot of people probably not that happy at the moment because, mm. yeah given the situation lot, yes yeah a lot of things going on in people's lives that we can't control for. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you would tell people that to maybe advice to help them be a little bit happier? Ooh, Calvin, Ooh. you go first. I do have mine, but <laughs> Calvin, you go first. Or do you need more time to think? Uh, I think uh, in, in our life, you know, there are 
a lot of different uh, sources or forms of happiness. Um, and I think the key to being happy is, you know, recognizing that they can't all be firing at once, as in, oh, it's very rare that everything would be perfect. Uh, I think it's finding that happiness in the midst of uh, all the other noise and all the other things mm. that you're going through, right? I think there's mm. um, something that we can be grateful for every day, uh, especially for us, you know, living in a country like Australia, we're so lucky, right? So, mm. um, Definitely. A lot luckier than a lot of other countries, for sure. Mm -hmm. And that, I oh, think that, that's something that we uh, should uh, not take for granted, I think. You know, mm. so gratitude, I think, is key. And reflecting yep. on that mm. is what I would say. Flo? For me, I have a couple pointers. Kind of rolling us a similar kind of theme in terms of gratitude. Um, I think what's important is to appreciate little things. Um, something that can be actioned for anyone listening, make a list of everything that gives you a little bit of joy. Like, for example, that warm cup of coffee or a long shower. Um, think little things like that, that kind of, you know, make you appreciative. You're like, oh, I'm so thankful. Like, I can do this in a sense. Um, mm. The other things are understanding what is within your control and what is outside of your control. Mm. I think definitely defining that boundary of, um, that you are responsible for things that are within your control. And if it's out of your control, there's accept the fact that it is out of your control mm. and let it be out of your mm. control to a certain degree. Like obviously, depending on what it is, um, factor in and do your best and influence to the way that you want it to be. But at the end of the day, there are some things that you cannot control and it is not your responsibility to also control that. So I think having that boundary between what is and with what is outside of your scope definitely helps kind of separate it. Um, how to be a bit more happy. Um, in every situation that happens on a day-to-day -day, day -day life, big or small, mm. the faster you accept the situation for what it is, the faster you can move on from it and the faster you can continue moving forward. Mm. And that, I think, moving forward is also quite um, a key to being yep. happy because you're continuing to be progressing. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I think, what else? Well, I think in terms of mental uh, well-being, and this could very much be a topic Ooh, for another yes. podcast. <laughs> mm. Maybe, you know, I was thinking about social interaction and relationships, you know, as, mm. as one of the key indicators of mm. a long life, right? And mm. I think that, that is very key um, in terms of mental health, especially mm. with, you know, uh, the isolation that a lot of people are still uh, going through around mm -hmm. the world with COVID. Um, and I think it's going to be, I believe that it is one of the biggest public health risks uh, social isolation. Mm. Um, so, you know, stay connected, I guys, and you know, <laughs> reach out to your <laughs> friends. <laughs> I think it's the advice because yeah, yeah. I, I get a lot of value from that. You know, like catching mm. up with Sam and oh, um, 100%. You know, 
in this podcast, right? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I think just adding to that point, yeah, the one more thing that I wanted to add is um, really understanding yourself in terms of what makes you happy and what makes you sad and being okay with whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you sad. I think a lot of people need to really understand, like, you know, if you are a social person, then accept that you are a social person and go out and be social. Um, or, or find other creative ways of making do with situations that you cannot control. For example, this pandemic. Um, so, you know, we, we were, we weren't, everyone's gone through a phase of lockdown of some sort. And if you were a really, really social person, you probably did really struggle. Um, but in the end, you find more creative ways of, in a sense, satisfying that, which is, you know, FaceTiming people, playing online games. Um, I know people who, end up doing drop-offs of food or or quirky gifts and things like that mm. they'd like stand outside the door and wave a sign or something like that i think it's quite funny um listening and hearing stories of people in quarantine and things like that and they're like obviously stuck in a um, hotel room or where dwelling that they have and they can't come outside and you know your friends and family are outside just like waving <laughs> people people find ways people yeah 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 so i think definitely really understanding the kind of person that you are but also recognizing that through different situations you can probably also identify that you are changing as a person or you're testing the boundaries of who you thought that you were and things because i definitely feel like a lot of my friends through 2020 they realize that um, some people were more extroverted than they thought or some were mm. more introverted than they thought or bit of both and things like that. So there's a learning curve in everything and a learning thing to learn in every experience. We're all on our way. <laughs> 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 <Yes. laughs> Alright, uh, alright. On that note, I think mm-hmm. we can end today's episode. You guys happy with that? Okay. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Calvin? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no worries. Really okay. We we yeah, could have you on for on. the um so like the social isolation thing to talk about that because mm. that was a really interesting conversation that we had. Yeah, I think so. Um, mm. Life expectancy, uh, and you know, topics around health is quite topical mm. now, <laughs> especially yeah. when people are questioning how do we lead healthier lives. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so, definitely want to talk about this. Yeah. So maybe on another episode, but. Till then, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.